when we listen to the gospel today, it's a beautiful invitation by the Lord to follow him. The Lord desires that our joy be full, be complete. And in what way? He wants us to love one another as we have, as he has loved us, remain in my love. There's an invitation here by the Lord who wants to give us everything. He wants to give us joy. He wants to give us fulfillment. He wants to give us the knowledge of who he is, what he has done. And he's inviting us to participate in that gift by receiving him, welcoming him, by wishing and desiring to be like him, because to follow the commandment of love is actually to be like Christ. And so this is the invitation. If we were to look at the early church, because this is when we look at the Acts of the Apostles, we immediately see how the church responded to that commandment of love, how the God has chose these 12. And then we see that Judas betrayed him. So there's 11. And how God moved their hearts to fulfill his will. And what was the Father's will? First of all, is that Jesus who was sent to us, that he would continue the mission of redemption through his people, through a specially chosen group, that they would be able to proclaim, to witness, to sanctify, to guide, shepherd, above all, to each teach and instruct and proclaim the good news, the gospel. We see this in the early church today in that first reading. It is an interesting reading. As you know, that what we see here is, first of all, Peter stood up in the midst of the brothers and sisters. There's about 120 of them. And he says, my brothers and sisters, the scriptures has to be fulfilled. Jesus chose 12, one betrayed him. And so there's a need to replace according to wish and desire of Jesus, that just as there were 12 tribes of Israel, and upon the 12 tribes was built the new covenant, it was the people of God built on 12 tribes. So Jesus wished and desired that it would be 12 disciples, 12 apostles upon which he will build his church. The apostolic witness of the 12. And so we have the pillars, but there's one pillar missing because the pillar was not worthy, betrayed the Lord. So that pillar is being replaced. But see how, how the Lord works. Peter, remember, Peter, Jesus chose, you are the rock upon this, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of the netherworld, hell, will not overwhelm it, will not destroy it. Peter exercises his role as the rock, as the one who is supposed to support and help the others in the ministry of assistance and support. But here he is. He says the scripture has to be fulfilled. God gave him the understanding, first of all, the inspiration that scripture has to be fulfilled, meaning according to what God wishes and desires. It's not he is the one who wants to introduce a new teaching. 
No, he says, I want to fulfill God's word. So fulfilling of God's word is very important to him. But secondly, he asks those who gathered around him, 120 of them. He says, we have to choose someone. He doesn't propose whom to choose. He invites them to give and they say, okay, yes, there's what's the criteria by which we choose. Well, the criteria is that someone who is with us, living with us, walking with us, it skips the concept of uh, the day we were witnesses of, of miracles. No, it skips the whole thing. Those who were with him, lived with him, and who was with, with Jesus from baptism all the way to resurrection. From baptism to resurrection. They wanted to have someone not who just heard about it, but who walked, who lived, to live with someone. You get to know the person when you live with someone. You get to know them very well. Because it's not something that the, the St. Peter said, someone who just witnessed a miracle or here or there. No, someone who knew him intimately, who understood him. And so, and so this was the criteria by which they desire to choose a replacement. And the second element here is that is he didn't want a human beings to choose, but he wanted God to choose. You know, you know who is the person. Yes, we have many. At least there's two which we would, some people proposed, you know, Joseph and Matthias, both were there. But Peter said he didn't want to exercise the right to choose on his own, but he wanted to give it to the Lord. So they asked the Holy Spirit, you guide us. You tell us with whom to choose. And so they, they have a, a type of a lottery. And so by which the Lord can choose whoever he wishes. There's a great teaching here for us. First of all is that we are not the ones who introduce new things, but we listen to God and we don't create a gospel. Gospel has been given to us. Sometimes people wish to choose portion of the gospel and I'll follow this, but I don't wanna follow that. But we see Peter is not the one and Peter is giving us the, the, the capacity to know what to do. Okay, we listen, we wish to fulfill the word of God, and we wish that God, that God would choose, would help us to choose, and then we will fulfill his will. And it's very, very important. So that's one aspect of today's reading. The second aspect as we hear is the commandment of love. So it's not just living with the Lord, but coming to know him and loving him. It's not only living with somebody it's your spouse, but coming to know and love him, love him, love her, to be faithful to him, to be faithful to her. That's the invitation. That's what life is all about in relationship to God, in relationship to one another. As I have loved you, so love one another. The Father has loved me, I love you. Our love will remain in you if you are following my commandments, because we know when we sin, we block the grace of love. We still receive the grace of, of conversion, desire that Lord will inspire us to come back, but we're blocking that love. And so this is why the Lord says, you have to follow the commandment of love because you're blocking the love, the, the divine love that God can give to you. 
And, and if, you, if you block it, then you won't have it. That means you'll be impoverished. You'll be following, yes, the natural dispositions, desires, but you will not have that, the depth of, of understanding of who God will, is and his will. And so what we have here in that gospel, it's, a, it's an absolutely beautiful gospel. As you can see, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, and remain in his love. So I have told you this so that your joy, that my joy might be with you, and then your joy may be complete. You know, when we gather for celebration, you know, this is for a celebration like even today, there's a joy, there's a joy. We gather here, we hear music, we hear God's word, we hear his instructions. There's a joy that God gives to us. But the Lord says that if you follow me, if you really live this, this, this gospel, then there will be joy in your heart. Amidst the difficulties, problems, because we see the, what the disciples said to go. And there's a joy. There's a joy of knowing that we are saved, that we have destiny prepared for us. There's a joy of knowing that we're forgiven, that God has been merciful to us. There's a joy of knowing that somehow God will bring, even if it's right now we have so much of problems, difficulties, complexities, that somehow God will harmonize this and he will inspire us to know what to do. We will know what to do because he will inspire us. He will tell us, he will guide us. And then even more, and the Lord says, I call you friends. I don't call you servants. I call you friends. We're friends of God. You are my friends. And especially if you listen and hear me and be, follow my inspirations and my commandments, because a slave does not know what his master is doing but I call you friends because I have told you everything. There is no secret gospel. Gospel is public. This is why the early, in the early church we have Gnostics. He says, we have the secret knowledge. We have the sort of special knowledge. We have this sort of new agey stuff. We know you don't know. No, gospel is open. Gospel is open to all, everyone. Everyone is a priest. Because by Baptist, we're priests of the universal church. Everyone is a teacher if we listen to God. Everyone is a shepherd of one another, helping one another. It's so public. This is the nature of Christianity. It was always public. Nothing hidden, nothing secret. All the you know, movements, which I know, the I know something better. I'm you know, more enlightened. No, everybody has received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody has, receives the gift of the Eucharist. Everyone receives the gift of the sacramental baptism and, and confirmation. It's all given. Gospel is open. Anyone can read. Anyone can criticize it even. It's given to us because I call you friends. I have revealed to you everything. I want you to be free. You're not enforced. This is freedom, invitation in freedom to follow the Lord. And does, that, does not that give us joy? Sure. He cheats us with freedom. Protect human life, guide, protect one another's dignity. Love one another as I have loved you. I have offered my life for you because this is how much I have loved you. We do so out of love.
And then it was not you who chose me. I chose you because I love you. I chose you. I have given you the privilege to share in that divine life. How do we love? What do we receive from the church? First of all, the church loves us by teaching, proclaiming, offering us the gospel, the sacraments, the power by which we can be sanctified, with the power by which we can be saved. It gives us the privilege of sharing and being with Jesus, sharing in the banquet of life, gives us the privilege of receiving him. That's what the church offers. This is what we, this is what the Lord says to us. I have chosen you and offering all these things. But the invitation is always like this. We see ourselves and what do we see? Our disorders, our messed up passions. We don't know sometimes what we're doing. We get upset with things which we shouldn't. We get upset over things when people tell us something that we should do good. You know, if I say to someone, and I would say the same thing to myself, you know, you should be doing this, the Lord is calling you, and then we get upset. You know, St. Paul says, why is it that I do the things which I know I ought not to, and what I, why don't I do the things which I know I should? And he says, what a miserable person I am. There's a sinfulness in us. There's a sin, sinfulness, the disorders which are there. But that should not be a cause for sadness. It should be a cause for joy. We have, we have the medicine of immortal life. We have the medicine of that which is given to us. Sacraments do the work that they are assigned to do. When baptist, when one is baptized, yes, we're freed from original sin. Yes, we were freed from sin. Yes, we are incorporated into the body of Christ. Yes, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the baptism, the sacrament of confirmation, yes, we receive the power of on high, even if we don't tap it. The gift is there. Maybe not. we're not tapping it. We don't ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. So we kind of, the great gifts are there, but we're not tapping. What about sacrament of marriage? How many times people right now disregard because they don't understand. They don't understand what sacrament of marriage is. So they don't tap on it. They don't even want it. It's just a legal bind is sufficient. But the sacrament of marriage, the sacrament of matrimony is as a gift of God's power to bring the two who are united in that, in that sacrament, in that, love, in that love for another, gives them the power, gives them divine love, gives them divine um, merciful binding power that is able to overcome obstacles. That brings them joy because there's, there's no greater joy than to love one another and also they, they understand the love of God for them. Divine love is manifested through the sacrament of marriage by the love of the two for one another. So this is what sacraments give. Penance. How many take advantage of the gift of merciful love, forgiveness? I know these are the sacraments. They act. They have the power. They do. They transform. They, they, they actually signify. They make reality of what they signify. They do what they ask because this is how God wished to give us, to offer these things, 
these powerful means by which we can become holy, by which we become people of God, lovers of God, lovers of one another, the means by which the Lord gives us. And finally today, I know that there are those who have accepted and have followed the, the path of God's healing through the, through the uh, profession and called to be healers as doctors and nurses and all those allied high health care. And they're gathered today and all of you who are gathered for the conference, uh, you're participating in our Eucharist here from the shrine. We're very grateful to you for all of you who have joined us in this conference. For this conference, the purpose for this conference, as you know, is to integrate, integrate into your ministry, your calling, because it's not just a profession, it's calling, because no one could work for 12 hours or 14 hours or 18 hours and take care of others if it's not a calling. Because, you know, job is a job. And if it's, you know, it's limited in time, we can't do it. But a calling is like mother who, and father who wakes, stays up all night with a sick child or for days on, or healing you know, or the sickness of one spouse or a family member. You stretch, you stretch. So medical people stretch, they stretch themselves for us. It's a calling and this is, and so we're, we're through these conference, we're trying to help them sort of integrate the knowledge of the, the, the spirituality and the spirituality of divine mercy. How great is God's love for us and how great is God's and our love is should be for one another and manifested by healthcare people. They offer themselves, as I repeat many times through this pandemic, we found out how, how giving they are because I've known so many of the healthcare people who were stretched so thin, working so hard, washing and cleaning and cleansing so they don't catch this disease, but also how many have died on account of that. So I want to, I want to in many ways, uh, extend my, my sign of respect, love, care for the healthcare professionals, but also help them through this program to integrate medical science, biomedical ethics, ethics, medical ethics, and, and spirituality into a powerful force so that we'll be ministers, not only of, of the uh, medical professional healing, but also healing of the soul touching those who are sick with the knowledge and with the, the grace of, of helping them to realize that they are in God's hands, that they will be able to receive not only that which we can offer, the best medical care, but above all, divine care, divine grace, because we as human beings are consist of two dimensions, that physical and spiritual. And we're not, we're, we're one. There's no division within us. There's only one. Whatever affects our body affects also our spirit, our soul, and vice versa. So may the Lord end today through this Eucharist empower us to realize not only who we are, that we are loved, we have been loved into existence, we're being led by God's love, divine love into eternity. And while on earth, we are to tap, to receive, to welcome the Lord's grace that is given to us, the, that grace of love, so we can share with one another. And, so, and somehow, even if it is difficult, transform 
sanctify, divinize our own lives, but also others of our brothers and sisters to bring, as John Paul II would say, to civilization of love, not civilization of darkness, where we have to eliminate people, those that we wish to not wish to welcome, unplanned, wherever they are, but that we welcome everyone. Because God's church, God's kingdom is for everyone. And that's the invitation. May the Lord then help us through the power of the Holy Spirit and then through the Eucharist that we receive. May we attain that love. May we attain that fulfillment of the, the Lord's desire to give us complete joy, knowing where we are, who we are, and where we're going. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.